Gratitude is an important part of health, as we talked about in the last podcast. Hopefully you're doing your gratitude journal. But some of you may need more information about this before you start. Maybe the evidence isn't compelling enough. Today, on Ask Dr. Gill, I'd like to talk about how epigenetics and gratitude go hand in hand and how that gratitude is actually working towards changing the way your DNA operates. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about epigenetics, gratitude, and the science of better health. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Ask Dr. Gill. I'm Dr. Gill Winkleman, and today I want to follow up with what we discussed last week with gratitude and talk a little bit more about the epigenetic mechanisms and what epigenetics is. Uh, If you listen to all of the podcasts, you probably remember the first one where I talked about epigenetics, and if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to it at you know, after listening to this. Uh, Epigenetics is the science of how our DNA gets turned on and off. And the reason it's important is that we're not hard-coded. You know, when DNA was first discovered and looked at, the assumption was that there was a set, a predeterminism, if you will, about how our code works. And so we would we thought that we have a certain set of genes and they thought initially there was about 100 to 150,000 genes in the human body with about 25,000 regulatory genes. And the interesting thing about this was that there were some researchers, and this is back in the 1980s when they figured out a way to sequence the entire human genome, they figured that there would, you know, there would be that many genes. And there's a couple of researchers who said, yeah, they're not going to find that many. That's not the way it works. And it turned out those people, including Bruce Lipton, were correct. And Bruce Lipton, if you don't know who he is, is uh, a molecular biologist. He's now, I think, at Stanford. Uh, He's written a few books. One is called The Biology of Belief that talks a lot about epigenetics in the excruciating detail of how it works. And he also wrote a book called The Honeymoon Effect. And I want to highlight that today because I think that has a lot to do with the discussion about gratitude. I'll get to that in a, in a couple of minutes. But the important piece here to recognize is that we're not hard-coded and there's a mechanism that allows for the DNA to be intelligent. So in humanity, we probably share 99 point some percent of the same DNA across all humans on the planet. And in fact, we share probably, you know, over 90% with most animals, depending on the species. So it's not about the code that's necessarily different. It's about how things get turned on and off. And... The important takeaway for this, and, I, and it, at some point I'll get into the mechanism 
because I think that the methylation, which is one of the ways that things get turned on and off in the body, is really, really important in terms of mental health. And there should be some articles on my website, askdrgill.com, A-S-K-D-R-G-I-L.com, that discuss this. Uh, you could start with the Walsh Protocol if you search for that on the website. You should be able to find it easily enough. The aspect of, of how we treat in terms of the physiology methylation is one of the the aspects of that and we can measure that directly and indirectly and also understand sort of based on where people's methylation state is you can you would want to give different types of supplements to treat that so i will do that for patients uh, because they need relief in the moment and i think that oftentimes we forget that that is available to us in a simple way. And I, and I mentioned in the podcast about pyroluria that sometimes people's thought processes get thrown off by the physiology. So your ability to access something that would allow you to have more gratitude might be impaired because your physiology is off. And so that's the other piece about this. That's kind of the, the, the flip side of the epigenetics is that if the epigenetics is off, it's hard to access the gratitude piece. And then you get into this, you know, long going spiral that doesn't allow you to get healthy. And so the methylation piece is an important piece, but I will get to that in another podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about how we're not predetermined by our genetic makeup and how we likely are controlling it without knowing that we're controlling it both negative and positive ways. So gratitude is the way that we can shift the equation towards a positive focus. So one of the things that that Bruce Lipton talks about in Biology of Belief is that DNA is responding every moment to everything that has gone on or in our past and our present. And oftentimes, it's past trauma and ideas that get stuck uh, in, in the cells that keeps going on over and over and over again. And we sometimes have to clear that. So let me, let me kind of explain that a little bit. Um, imagine that you have a computer program that's running and there's a loop aspect to the program and maybe the program is written in such a way that there's only one way into that loop but once you get into that loop you're stuck in that loop over and over again and there's no way out of that loop okay so the thing that is important to remember and this is part of the miracle of life, by the way, in my mind, is that there's approximately 30 trillion human cells that make up a human being. I'm not even counting the bacteria, the viruses, all of the, the 
species that reside within us, some of which help our digestion, for example, or produce vitamins like vitamin K, to things that cause, uh, you know, disease and so forth. And there's a mix, but in terms of the human cells, there's 30 trillion living beings that are individually alive. And you can take them out and grow them in a Petri dish. And they'll kind of do their thing for a certain amount of time. And, you know, some people think that there's a sentience to each of those cells. Now, what's interesting is, is that much of the research implies that those cells respond to our thoughts and ideas and being. But oftentimes, they will respond and continue to respond to disinformation. What I mean by that is, is that maybe we learn something, an idea about ourselves early on. You know, I always catch a cold if, or um, I can't play basketball, whatever it is. Well, the cells do what they can to fulfill whatever it is that they learned. They are the ultimate servant in many respects because they do exactly what it is that we tell them to do and think to them to do. The problem is, is that many of us learn the wrong things in terms of our thought patterns and whether it's you know, early childhood trauma or even something simpler that you take away a message that suggests that you cannot do something or there's many ways and many messages that we give ourselves that may prevent us from achieving what it is that we want in life and I think that many people on some level notice this particularly when things get quiet and I think this is part of the reason that meditation can be so challenging for so many people and where there's a physical discomfort uh, much of the time more than a a mental discomfort. So I want to talk about that a little more in the second half of the show. So stay tuned. We'll talk about that and also the effects of gratitude to help overcome some of this. Hey, welcome back to Ask Dr. Gill. I'm Dr. Gill Winkleman. We've been talking about the epigenetic effects of gratitude and and specifically have been talking about how our cells uh, take in the messages that that we give them and will continually calculate or do them until they reach their logical conclusion. So it, it is interesting, and it can be scary, and this is one of the things that uh, Bruce Lipton brings up in Biology of Belief, is the fact that we have total control over our health and well-being. And the important thing that he brings up, and I think it's something uh, to bear in mind as, as you kind of think about this, is not to blame the victim. So in other words, you don't say, well, you have this disease because of your thinking. 
to someone. You know, it's it that a it's not helpful, but b it's it's not completely true because there was a lack of consciousness that created the situation in the first place. And so I just wanted to put that in as a quick side note. Um, so what I want to get back to, though, is, is gratitude, because I think that there's an aspect of gratitude that gets overlooked as part of this. And it, it really becomes a way that we can begin to reprogram ourselves. And if all of our thinking experiences, what we eat, what we breathe, and so forth, are creating our, our epigenetic experience and allowing ourselves to create who we are on a moment-to-moment basis, then interjecting something will help us begin to unwind whatever it is that's in there that we may not desire. So gratitude gives us an opportunity and a gratitude practice gives us an opportunity to begin to start that unwinding because now you're giving yourselves positive messages, messages that are built around feeling good about yourselves. Now, I want to point out that this is a little different than positive thinking. You know, a lot of times, a lot of the self-help books uh, in the past, particularly in the 1980s and 1990s, focused around creating, like if you wanted to create something saying, I am manifesting X, whatever it is, a, a new car, you know. And I, I think the, the, the challenge there is twofold. The first is simple. We don't necessarily believe that we can do that. And so there, there begins to be a meta message to the cells, which is, well, I'm saying this, but I don't really believe this. What gratitude does is sort of sidestep that. So you're creating a positive experience about what you believe is real. And it becomes a challenge. The challenge can be for some people is what am I grateful for, right? I mean, if your life if you feel your life is terrible, it, it might be hard to find those first few things. But you, there, are, there are simple things. A walk in nature, hearing birds chirp, being able to see, um, being able to walk. I mean, whatever it is, however minor it may seem, it is a miracle and something that one can be, begin to build a gratitude foundation around. And I think that that begins to help people unwind sort of the meta messages and negativity that they've built up over the years. And you'll find, I think, that you'll start to feel better for one thing, but you'll also feel happier about your life. So the cells can start learning a new pattern that then allows them to create more positive outcomes, more health, you know, healthier outcomes and so forth. I think that cells are basically trying to do what, like I said, 
trying to do what we want, what we tell them to do. It's just that we've given them the wrong messages. So if any of you are long-term meditators, that when you sit and you kind of feel uncomfortable or uh, a raw emotion comes up, I suspect that what you're feeling is the pattern that the cell has been given you. And it's really easy and comfortable, comforting to give meaning to that at times. So we might have an uncomfortable feeling come up. Let's say it's fear. And our minds will wrap it themselves itself around it, trying to understand where that fear is coming from. And I would invite you to not do that, but rather to just allow it to be there and not try and give meaning to to that experience because that becomes its own rabbit hole where you go down it. So this is this is where the mindfulness practice I think becomes really powerful. And like I said before, gratitude, the gratitude practice sort of unwinds all of that because you're basically looking at, hey, these are the things I really feel great about in my life. And so you're sending that message to to the cells. Now, Bruce Lipton in his books, uh, The Biology of Belief, and also The Honeymoon Effect, which is kind of like the biology of belief. It, it really deals with this process and understanding subconscious patterns in, in terms of relationships, in terms of romantic partnerships in particular. And he wrote it, co-wrote it with his, I think she's his wife now. Um, and they kind of, he kind of talks about mindfulness as one of the ways that you can help unwind this. And he goes through a few things. There's a, a, a couple of uh, kind of psychotherapy, kind of muscle testing techniques um, to help. Uh, psychotherapy can be helpful. Uh, there's some uh, other techniques that don't use muscle testing but help uh, the body unwind itself, such as uh, rolfing. And uh, one that I learned many years ago called cranial fluid dynamics, where you kind of hold the body. It, it's based on cranial sacral ideas. And all of them have this concept of being able to witness what's going on and just allow it to be there and then to let it go. And that's, that's the basic idea behind mindfulness. Okay, so... That's about what I have for you guys today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I enjoyed it, and I'm grateful that you guys were out there listening to me and hope that you uh, got something out of this. Uh, if you have a topic you want me to cover, feel free to send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at askdrgill.com, A-S-K-D-R-G-I-L.com. And if uh, you have... A specific question, feel free to send it to the same email address. Also, uh, I have an email list that you can sign up on the website, askdrgill.com. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be covering more of this uh, in future podcasts as well. And I look forward to talking with you next time. Thanks so much. Take care. Have a great week. <music>